0: Running backs, not good right now. As Rowdy alluded to earlier, Nick Chubb on the state of the running back market after Saturday's Zoom call, which, by the way, in the Zoom call, uh, featured a lot of big names. Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, just to name a few. But after that call, uh, Nick Chubb said, and I quote, right now there's really nothing we can do when it comes to getting paid. He continued on saying, quote, we're kind of handcuffed with the situation. We're the only position that our production hurts us the most. If we go out there and run for 2,000 yards with so many carries, the next year they're going to say, you're probably worn down. It's tough. It hurts us at the end of the day. I mean, running back position is a double-edged sword, right, Rowdy? If you're out there getting volume and getting yards and touchdowns, you're probably taking a lot of punishment as well.
1: Yeah, I think... What Nick Chubb said over the weekend is exactly dead on. He's like, basically, excuse me, there's only going to be a handful of us that actually get paid. Mm -hmm. And we're just in a tough spot. And in this, uh, more details coming from the Zoom call
0: uh, with all these guys that I just listed off in it. uh, A more report, uh, Saturday night's running back Zoom call, quote, the issue of holding in by exaggerating or fabricating injuries was discussed uh multiple sources told Mike Florio the details of the meeting. Uh, much of the focus went uh, eventually went to agents even though agents were excluded from the call. There was concern raised by uh, some people about some agents creating false expectations for other running backs by dumping phony salaries into the back end of contracts. Well, that's a lot of football contracts, right? Roddy, when you see someone get like a huge deal, um they never ever get that amount of money unless it's a guaranteed. You never see anyone get all of their contract.
1: Yeah, a lot of the the contracts where they go, oh, it's gonna be a three year fifty-two million dollars. Yeah, but only, only thirty-five of it is guaranteed. Yeah.
0: So I mean they load they backend these contracts and, you know, it exaggerates them obviously. Uh, but yeah, this running back thing is very peculiar because there's even some guys, like Josh Jacobs, is now talking about sitting out of the NFL season, the the big Raiders back. So uh, you already have some guys talking about how we had uh, comments from Saquon Barkley on Friday, and what did Saquon say, Rowdy? He was like, you know, if you know me, I don't want to do this, but i got to sit down and think about my future. I could just say F it and sit out the whole season, say F the Giants, F my teammates, and sit out the entire season. You could definitely see that. Josh Jacobs already thinking about doing it.
1: I uh I know that there is a faction of people out there that like the New York Giants under this season for yeah. a lot of different factors but how about that just being another factor now that all of a sudden people like the New York Giants under to begin with and now if Saquon Barkley were to act, actually sit out I mean he was like 40% of their offense last year uh, Yeah
0: I mean how big a believer are you in Danny Dimes Daniel
1: Not Jones <laughs> Me with Saquon Barkley and you know other star players and not that the Giants have other star players, but I'm saying surround Daniel Jones with Barkley and some playmakers at wide receiver or tight end, I still don't really like Daniel Jones. I think <laughs> I think last year was the you know, the lucky year. His I'm gonna make it in a contract year and then he ends up getting paid. I, I'm not a believer in I'm not I shouldn't say I'm not a believer in Danny Dimes or Daniel Jones at all. I, I should say I don't think he's worth what he got paid. Yes, I think at best he's a middle of the road quarterback.
0: Like, can can he win you a game or two down the road? Sure, but is he going to take you to the promised land? Like
1: Daniel Jones? Just because I know we talk about this quite a bit. Like Daniel Jones, in my mind, is nowhere near the Kirk Cousins level. No, yeah, I, no. I'm like Kirk Cousins is way better. I 100 percent
0: agree with you. Also, in this uh, phone call on Saturday. Um, Let's see here: Aaron Jones, our running back for the Green Bay Packers. Joe Mixon, J.K. Dobbins. It was all initiated by Austin Eckler, uh, who organized it all. So um, one source was invited to the call, Rowdy, to confirm that the players, uh, who the players were in attendance, and then hilarious, like, hey, let's do a call. Then let's get one source on here to make sure we can uh, verify to the media that we all are in on this, that he can vouch for us, and then we'll go from there. Who who will save the running back position? And when will we see multiple backs sit out this coming year?
1: I I think they should be careful for, you know, what they wish for and what they end up doing because yeah, some of these guys that are listed in there are the best running backs in the NFL, right? Yeah. Or you know, there's some big-time playmakers, but how about this? Say they do sit out Then they plug and play these other second and third tier running backs, which the NFL, or at least like some of the analytics have said that, well, instead of paying a big time running back, we'll just say, for example, like an Austin Eckler, who can catch the ball out of the backfield, run the football. We can actually find two guys for even a little cheaper. And one guy can run it through the tackles. The other eye can be the, pass catcher and they're almost as good as Austin Eckler, but we're saving money and we have two guys to do. I mean, this is kind of careful what you wish for because what if it just proves the NFL and their theories, right? Right. Then you're, then you missed a year. You're not going to get paid and good luck trying to come back After taking a year off, because we've seen that only work for like one human being ever. And it was Ricky Williams. So with the (laughs) Ricky, no one else had ever gotten better after taking a year off. Didn't he just go and get a tent and go in the woods and smoke a bunch of weed? Well, I think for him, it was like he actually had a year to heal up his body, which like all running backs took a lot Meat of grinder. Yeah, took a lot of hits over the years. But um, yeah, overall, it's not a good idea. So
0: with, with this list, Saquon Barkley, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, J.K. Dobbins, and Austin Eckler, there's guys that are behind you that weren't invited in this phone call or across the league that are probably licking their chops, thinking these guys are gonna sit up and be like, okay look what I can do now, put me in the spotlight and let me get my money or at least a bit of it as these guys chase
1: the bag. We'll get into it. Well, I think the biggest takeaway for the running backs would be, one, if there's going to be about five running backs, we'll just say just for like a, a pretty round number, five running backs will get paid. Yeah. If you're Austin Eckler, if you're Saquon Barkley, if you're, you know, insert name here, you better be your absolute best to be one of those five yes. because they that that's it. There's only going to be about five of you. Yeah.
0: Uh, this is, uh, I mean, are we going to see an exodus of big time names saying, you know what? I'm going to sit out. I, I think,
1: know. I think they're going about it all wrong. Honestly, I think, I know I said this weeks ago, but it's like, I think you got to market yourself more as a playmaker. Yeah, Totally. And then at the same time, know that you have to be one of the top five running backs. If you really want to get paid. Yeah. Just because that's just, to quote Nick Chubb, that's just kind of <laughs> where we're at. We're not in a good situation. No, you're handcuffed.
0: Uh, we'll get more into it. Let's see, though. We got Razor's Edge coming up. Line one, though. Good morning. Hello? Yes. One, one second, Scott. Your phone's kind of cutting in. Off. Line two, good morning.
2: Hey,
3: good morning, gentlemen. Oh, Nader
0: censored. I'm What's up, Nader? I will
3: just call calling to say about these running backs that I think is just come. They have become completely disvalued because of the change of the game. It has gone to the air. Yeah. So running backs are they've pretty much gotten them into the dime a dozen zone. Now in high school football, yeah, tons of touchdowns, tons of glory. In the NFL, I think it has become completely disvalued. That when you're starting to play football, you want to be a running back, you want to be a wide receiver, you want to score touchdowns. Nobody wants to be an offensive lineman, but look who's making more money.
0: <laughs> right, I know. Like, the, like what one kid ever says event. I'll be a Everybody lineman? Everybody wants
3: to be a defensive end. Yeah, well, look at JJ Watt; those premier players.
0: I think I've only heard like some of the fat kids say they want to be linemen because they know what they're good at.
3: I've always said this: they, every well, I can't play, I can't be a running back because I'm over the particular weight limit for youth football. Well, <laughs> here's the thing, guy: I'm sorry you want to be a running back, but let's line up. 50 of you up and let's do a sprint and guess who's dead last (laughs) that kicked us over the weight limit sorry you can't be the running back sorry bud i know it's not fair you just got dead last in the 40. yeah well okay so no well we'll move you out to wide receiver that let's see how that goes
0: (laughs) big target go hit the weight bench buddy Little Johnny, I, just, I, I saw what you're eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You are a lineman. Hey, those yep. big, those big linemen. They
1: also still some of them still think that they could lose a couple lbs and play tight end. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> that's that's the big thing, Rowdy. That's for sure. Like, wow, well, <laughs> I mean, I was him. <laughs> Nader, you were him. Oh yeah, I was. I was fairly fast, but I was 240 pounds. Was tall what are you going to do with
0: that guy? You're stick his ass on the line.
2: Yeah, that's exactly
0: right, baby. Be a center. you yeah. got to be a center. You don't got to do much, little Johnny, little Nader. All you got to do is just don't move.
3: Be be, be the
0: immovable object. Yeah, or
3: at least, maybe not know where you're
0: going, but at least go there with a purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Just take up space. Be a... <laughs> How's the weekend, Nader? You know,
2: and in the small world of
3: small schools and stuff like that where everybody wants to be a running back, the truth is if you're over 200 pounds in a Division 5 school, you're going to be on the line pretty much regardless.
0: Okay, you brought up some, you know, you're still with some youth of uh, coaching some kids. Do kids legitimately still want to be running backs even with all this stuff coming out now? I yes, yes, that's or... all they want to do. They, because they touch the ball, a wide receiver. Because they get the ball. Yep. Yeah. And you know, I want to be
3: a wide receiver, Like, okay, we throw the ball six times a year. Have fun with that. got <laughs> out there, line up. You want to be a blocking <laughs> wide receiver, that, kid? But <laughs> <laughs> there's nobody to even block. You never even get that far outside, <laughs> unless you have that super fast running back. That is the reason why he's there, and he got the chubby well, guy that should be wearing number sixty four. That's like, oh, I want to be a running back. Well, it makes you sense. You can't do it. it. makes You're the sense. The guy on the team.
0: It makes sense why everyone wants to be a running back. Then in youth football, is because you get to actually you know touch the ball. So I get it. Yeah, you actually get it. Now but tell those kids they won't get paid really, doing it. Okay. It's one of those things that you really want to learn to be an
3: offensive or defensive lineman. Get yeah. down and dirty, it's like in basketball. Are you gonna? How are you gonna make a three pointer if you can't make a free throw?
0: <laughs> later you the man we love right. you buddy have a good one see you later well, rowdy, uh, NFL running backs they had a big old meeting on Saturday big zoom call they're like what the hell do we do Nick Chubb is like man we're, we're like hamstrung here we, we can't really do anything well, Josh Jacobs is going to be sitting out. Uh, that's all signs are reporting to that that he's going to be sitting the season out is uh, what they're pontificating here. So that's already one uh, of disgruntled running back putting his kind of his his money where his mouth is to a degree. Well, you know this is all fine and dandy in the NFL. That. He's holding out right now through the preseason. Excuse me.
1: This is all fine and dandy right now for the NFL, and like we get to talk about it. And, you know, some of these guys are threatening to sit out, but you know, when this becomes all important late August, when the real football starts, the fantasy football, because I know, you dude. need to file these away in the back of your mind saying, so what if some of these guys don't play? Saquon Barkley is already th- th- announcing threatening.
0: threatening that he's like, I got to sit down with my family, my team. So I can say F you to the Giants. like so F you to my teammates. It's like, I don't want to do it, but I got to sit down and think about this. So Josh Jacobs right now gonna be out for preseason allegedly. We'll see what happens there. I mean, Nick Chubb saying his, right now there's really nothing we can do. But could you see in the NFL coming up this season a bunch of these big time names? Now, when it comes to running backs, there's a finite amount of big of big timers, right? There's like five really good ones rowdy. Then what? The drop off? Well,
1: yeah, and if you're looking at this as like a tiers for like fantasy football, like you know how normally in a smart league most of the time the top running backs are off the board in the first round or two Mm -hmm. because there's not many of them and there's not many of them that can score, you know, the type of points that you're looking for a top back to do. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it's like, oh, well, the top five or six running backs are off the board. What (laughs) What do I do if you're like in that late first round in fantasy football? That's the same thing with how they're how many of them are getting paid. Yeah. How about Aaron Jones taking, by the
0: way, taking a pay cut?
1: Remember that? Hey, I took a pay cut to stay in Green Bay.
0: Yeah. Now, well, these you know, guys are bitching about not making enough money. Where Aaron Jones is like, hey, boys, I don't know if you know this. Like, I know you invited me in the Zoom call, but I actually took a pay cut. <laughs> <laughs> you sure you want me in the Zoom call? I, I, I took a pay cut. <laughs> uh, Hines, though, the running back for the Bills, now expected to miss the whole season after sig- uh, suffering a significant knee injury off site. This was reported about an hour ago. So um Hines on of yeah, Naheem, Buffalo, Naheem Hines. He's done. So fantastic He was a guy already. that
1: they traded for last year because they were really struggling at the running back position cuz they had Devin Singletary and oh it was Moss, the running back out of Utah that they had drafted a couple 2 3 years ago but it what they weren't cutting it and like they went out and traded for Hines as like another depth piece behind Singletary in the rotate and he's a good kick and punt returner yeah. and yeah done I would love to know he what he did off site he's probably working out
0: injury uh leading up to camp here yeah a tough break for Buffalo uh yeah wow so th- there's a there's a running back now he wasn't a part of the zoom call that they had on Saturday but yeah he is uh he's done now, what do you even do with the running backs? Like, who's going to save the running backs? Anyone? I mean, I saw this on CBS Sports. Can anyone save the running back position financially? Well, I mean, what do you do? 2023 been a terrible year for veteran running backs. The number of running backs with contracts averaging $12 million per year or more has been cut in half thanks to releases and pay cuts. And there were eight at the end of last season. Four remain. Uh, more from this NFL team's exercise uh, fiscal restraint with running backs and free agency. This year, no one hit the $7 million mark, which represents the top of the second salary tier for running back compensation. With a deal like what James Conner and Leonard Fournette did in 2022's free agency, uh, you had, what, Barkley, Jacobs, Pollard. They did not sign multi-year contracts. Uh, they all, you know, no one got franchised.
1: And now, what do you, like, what do you do? Well, there's, I think there's a couple of things that you can do outside of the marketing yourself as a, you know, playmaker yeah. outside of going on Twitter and complaining <laughs> where no one's really feeling that bad for you. Do you hold out? That's an option, but I, I would say the the two things that you could really do if you were looking to to make more money in my mind are one incentivize the contract. As in, if you hit this many touches or you hit this many yards, you make an extra seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, an extra five hundred thousand dollars. This goes back to uh, Nathan, uh, our our guy up in Shano. Nate and I's uh, Friday viewing of um, Nathan a football life. Yeah, and Edger and James was drafted by the Colts. And everyone was stunned because they thought they would take like Ricky Williams and they took Edron James. Mm -hmm. And then he went out there and was looking to sign, you know, coming from nothing, wanted to get everything he could. Well, he told his agent, I want as much money as possible on this first deal. Well, he goes, well, it's going to have to be incentivized, incentivized. Then we're going to have to be, you know, incentive based. So he goes, all right, fill it out. He goes, we filled out the biggest most incentivized contract possible where we're like, dude, you're not going to take very much, but if you hit these, you're going to go above and beyond what you're going to get. Yeah. Well, he did it. And he was talking about how, when he was a rookie, all he would talk about was training, Sleeping and checking off his list and seeing where he was on every single incentive after wants- every single game, he'd be like, "Give me my money." Right, well, I just had three hundred yards there, so I'm X amount of yards away. I'm getting closer, and he would like track it. Said he had a whole got, like a dream board. Like said he had a whole notebook on tracking it all and knowing how far what he needed to do. Good for him and. Turns out at the end of his rookie year, he hit every single incentive and made way more yeah. than pretty much everyone. So that's one way yep. incentivize
0: well, it. Well, I'm going t- to play devil's advocate. One of the things that they talk about here, I don't know, in the Zoom call they had Saturday, they said they might exaggerate injuries. So the more you use for incentive, right, the more you're going to be banged up. And that's what they're kind of crying about is being all banged up and p- abused. The well, more then, you use them, the more they get
1: abused. But the, yes, continue. The other one would be kind of the LeBron James take to this. Watching LeBron, obviously he was drafted by the Cavs, right? Just just a kid from Akron. Yep. Just and played out his contract with the Cavs and then ended up signing that big deal to go and play in Miami. Well, what did LeBron do after that? It was like he was signing all those one year deals. Yeah. Bet on yourself, sign for one season, go get that bag for that one year. Now you're not gonna have long term stability. It's not like You know, In baseball, you have some of these guys where it's like, well, what do I want to do? Do I want to sign a three-year deal for $35 million a year or do I want to sign a 10-year deal where I'm making like $27 million a year? You know what I mean? It's (laughs) like, okay, I'll take a little off the top if I can have it for long-term stability. You're not going to be able to do that with a running back because think about it. You come out of college, you're the best running back. You're going to be 22 years old your rookie year. You play four years on that first contract you're already 26 we know for a fact that pretty much every running back is shot by 30 that's only one more contract that's 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 your rookie deal and one big deal and that's if you're a top five to seven running back yeah so what you have to do in my opinion would be you know what if I was really good on my first contract I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to sign a one year deal and I might get 16 million in this one year instead of signing the you know three years four million dollars where that Mm -hmm. comes out to 12 yeah something like that you're gonna have to bet on yourself now if you get hurt that next year if you sign with someone it's probably gonna be a couple million but if you stay healthy and you keep producing those you will be a top five running back paid every year it's just no long-term stability and that that might just be how it has to play because the lifespan of a running back is short yeah and was there a third of you or three? No, that was those were my okay. two. It oh, was okay. yeah. incentivize the contracts for running backs. Or just one year deal can, it. Yeah, or just bet on yourself with one year deals and try to make as much money as possible. Who will save the running back position? And also might be quite a that might be kind of a bitch to totally will be to sign one year deals because you might be in Houston one year then the next year you're in Green yeah, Bay you're move a
0: lot and your agents like dude i'm just trying to find i'm trying to get a cut of this too dude can we just kind of get a 3 year deal here the agent won't care you still if, get paid no matter the, what if you're the, the agent, one moving around yeah, you're the one every that has year. to
1: move around you're the one like this as long as those numbers in your bank account are bigger every year the agent's going to be happy cuz their cut will be hell, bigger and hell what
0: you're only going to be moving around for like 5 years like in your average span <laughs> All right, speaking of um, planning, the Brewers might be planning to get Rowdy Telez back uh, soon. I just saw this pop up. Uh, Rowdy was uh, not our Rowdy, but Rowdy Tellez, well was talking to the media. Todd Rosiak uh, put this out there. So the last thing we heard of Rowdy Telez was he was fielding balls for warm-up. His hand got stuck in the – He was shagging fly balls. was shagging fly balls. His hand got stuck in the padding. Was That That was in Cincinnati, right? At a great American ballpark? Uh, I think it was Cincinnati. His hand got stuck in the padding. It ripped off his nail, and he had to have 17 stitches. That's the last we heard of Rowdy Tellez. Still
4: the first person here every day. <laughs> uh, but it is frustrating, especially, um, you know, knowing that it was kind of a freak injury. How uh, many times he shag fly balls? Like, did I ever shag fly balls? And the one time I do, I... Put my hand up against the fence and missed the fence and cut my fingernail and ripped it off. Um, now I've got a fractures and it just it kind of stinks because I feel um, it's, imba- it's kind of embarrassing. So I let my team down, so it's frustrating the first couple of days.
0: Outside. All right, let's pause it right there. And by the way, I love the uh, the music in the background. Rowdy, is that an embarrassing injury or is just hey, chalk it up as the Brewers' freak accident, one of the many?
1: Yeah. So I mean, to his point. It is a freak accident because how many times are you actually going to be out there? It's like when shagging fly balls, you're out there standing in the outfield. Someone's taking batting practice and you're just catching anything that's roughly remotely yeah. close to you.
0: It's like tying your shoe and you like, you know, like you break your finger.
1: But the I fact that put it the not words. only did it rip his nail off where he needed stitches. So that was going to take time. But how about that? He fractured part of his finger. Must have been really going after that fly ball. Yeah, he must have really went after it hard because I don't know how if you're even just kind of trotting (laughs) – up there, and you're putting your glove up there like you're trying to catch it. I don't know, uh, Rowdy.
0: What, they always say to run it out at first base, like really give it your all. Um, do they also is the baseball adage that I maybe missed uh, throughout my years of playing and watching that you really got to give it your all at shagging fly balls? Like you really got to follow through with it? Or yeah, something? I don't think that's really a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so. All right, here's more from Rowdy uh, with the music in the background. Dealing
4: with pain, that was more of like a, a thing, but. It, just, it kind of stinks, but especially having a fully healthy year last year and having a good year, and then just trying to deal with injuries from the beginning of the year to play through them, and then not being able to handle it. And I just I uh, feel like I let my guys down. You say embarrassing just because it wasn't during in the course of the an actual game. The entry he had, yeah, wasn't. yeah. And like and so I've never played the outfield, so I was just out there power shagging kind of. And, power uh, shagging. You know, just sweating, just trying to do something. You know, uh, and just. Stunk, chain fence out there and it just
1: and it got stuck in it rowdy what's power shaking i feel like that's an austin powers term <laughs> as a, as he's got his,
0: his pump he got his pump out and he's ready to shag with uh, ivana hump <laughs> a lot a lot a lot of vagina <laughs> yeah so I, I yeah mean, baby power shaking yeah
1: at this point though maybe this is a good thing what do they say? Everything happens for a reason. I feel like it's an Austin first. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the you know, everything happens for a reason. Uh Rowdy Telez needed an extra little mental break because of how poorly he has played this season. So he's going to get that little extra mental break by somehow going out there in the outfield, shagging fly balls, and he's going to cut the hell out of his finger and fracture a small part of it. <laughs> and uh, hopefully in two weeks after you know a two- to three-week IL stint, he'll be ready to roll and start to hit the baseball like 2021 or 2022.
0: Yeah, baby, yeah. I was out there at Great American Ballpark, power shagging, baby, yeah. We had a lot of vagina in the stands trying to impress her. Felicity Shagwell, power shagging with Rowdy Teles. Well done, Rowdy. Nice liner. All right, here's more from Rowdy. Go, listen, that is what
4: I was going to ask you. Was the chain? Because it was like right next to it. Okay, so it's just caught in a funny, breath. and immediately I felt it and went uh, running in, and we had surgery that night. Came back right as the game was ending. Came back in the ninth, um, and then doing the same thing and. Able to take it off Able to close my hand Pretty much
2: Oh it's pretty nasty yeah, like, Look at
0: his finger right now some, It's going
2: to be a while I remember talking to you Before that happened That same day And you were Pretty excited about Being able to get back On Tuesday I mean it was right around The corner too Yeah that to the frustration I was, uh,
4: Yeah I was actually Going to meet The It was meet Nashville In Louisville Play a game And then go oh, Meet okay. him in Philly um, Yeah so that was, was Kind of soft. <laughs> so, uh, so that kind of sucked. You know, just stitches come out Tuesday and start hitting Wednesday and
1: deal with pain. There you go, Rowdy. Well, stitches come it, out tomorrow. Wasn't it uh, Rowdy Tellez having 17 stitches? Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Well, him. that's the other thing that's crazy is, okay, so you do this to your your finger, your hand. Power shaking. Yeah. You're out there shagging fly balls and... 17 stitches on a finger it ripped your that's that's a. I feel like that's, that's a, a lot that's a lot for an appendage that isn't a yeah.
0: big so the stitches come out tomorrow and then he starts hitting on Wednesday that's a lot of stitches in a finger
1: what well, and I think it also must kind of tell you that the fracture must not be that bad or it must not affect when he you know grips and, and swings a baseball bat yeah But hopefully this is a good thing. Like Rowdy Telez is clearly struggling. I don't think, you know, you need some genius to tell you that. No, not at all. He's clearly having a down year from what he did last year and even the half of 2021. And with, I don't know the trade deadline coming up. The Brewers don't feel like they're a team that's going to go out there and buy a huge bat. They're going to need the rowdy telezas of the world to come back and, and swing at least to the level that he was playing at last year.
0: You think trade deadline, they go get a bat. I mean, they sold last year, but they
1: didn't Define bat as in like, like someone hitting over a big 200 name. <laughs> like a big names where someone's going to be like, Oh, we're going to trade for this guy. I, and, and people are going to be excited because of this name.
0: I mean, I already know it's not going to be a big name like just like maybe a middle level bat or something to kind of I don't know give them something or is they just going to roll with what they got
1: As a fan I would hope that they can add like a mid level bat I wouldn't they're not be, getting a big name Yeah I don't anticipate well we already talked about this this morning but Paul Goldschmidt it now sounds like is off the market so, not that I think that they would have acquired Paul Goldschmidt in general, but just that type of bat, I don't see them going after Shohei Otani. LOL, <laughs> a little. But rental. yeah, I don't, I don't see that type of bat being added. Maybe a mid-level as a, a fan, where it's like, oh, this guy hits like two seventies having a nice year. He's a rental. Yeah, I, I hope for that, but. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they just say, "Hey, we need to have this figured out from in house."
0: Yeah. I, so, uh, by the way, Rowdy hurt that at Great American Ballpark. Now, Reds um, are coming to American Family Field. Uh, boys, anyone out there? Because I know everyone listens. If you're power shagging before the game, yes, power shagging, and someone in the stands is named a lot of vagina or Ivana Humpalot, Robin Swallows, maybe Dixie Normus, please. Do not try to impress her with power shagging. We need all the fingers we can get.
2: Hey, where is Corey? Corey, hey. what's up, homie? <clears throat> not too much. I got a question, Rowdy. You had mentioned you, you foresee, like, possibly a couple of relievers and a mid level bat. So then, taking from that, would you foresee them dipping into the prospects? in the farm system. No, I think building that with like a Corbin Burns
1: trade in the off season, Yeah, I, I don't think they would dip into the to the top thirty prospects a whole, too All much. Right. Like the low level relievers, where you're you know just just for a reference point, so like people would know like what I was talking. It'd be like like if a Brad Boxberger where all of a sudden he's, you know, 35 ish years old and he's kind of having a a bit of a Renaissance season somewhere else. And you have to just swap a low level prospect for him, And they're looking to get him off their books because it's not a contending team. It'd be something like that. Those type of a couple arms that maybe, you know, they're, they're having that little bit of a good year. They're older. Their, their contracts are expiring. It's not going to be super expensive. It'll be, it, it won't even be like a, rated top 30 prospect and then your and then I was going to say like your your medium uh, level bat not your Goldschmidt's or Arenado's or those type of guys but your guy that's having a good season that maybe he's a rental maybe he's got one year left yeah you probably have to give up a top 30 prospect maybe a second top 30 prospect but we're not talking like your top eight top 10 it would probably be like your 21st and a 15th or you know something like that nothing nothing where you're really just unloading the farm system but then again to your point i think they then come back this winter get rid of a lot of these dudes and really add to that farm system
2: i foresee it being maybe a type of guy where's where's numbers don't look that great because of like where he plays per se. And then they say, oh, this guy would look good at Miller Park type thing. Like where you, for their theory, they've kind of applied that with Yelich and Adonis, for instance. Or Weimer. In past, could uh, yeah, or Weimer would be like somebody like that where they're like, he really sucks here, but maybe he'd be really good here. And I feel like to sell it to the down. fans,
1: don't you have to think that after some of those guys and sorry, not Weimer, but Winker, because his bat should have yeah. played better at, uh, American Family Field. It's like I feel like fans at this point would just be like, "Hey, we want a guy that's already solid. We want a guy that you know has some some sort of an average, not a guy that we're hoping hits his ceiling. Some guy that's actually playing at a solid level." Yeah,
2: hope without a plan is just just a fantasy. That's what who the hell said. Oh, Herm Edwards used to like to say that quite
0: a bit. But how about the debut Saturday of one Sal Frelick uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers? Dude was unbelievable for the crew. That's why they didn't get swept and won their game against the Braves on Saturday. A 4-3 victory. Uh, Sal Frelick, the 2021 first-round draft pick from Boston College, is the sixth player over the past 25 seasons to have three hits and the winning RBI in his Major League debut. Uh, Frelick also became the first Brewers player with multiple hits and the winning RBI in a debut, since Sixto... uh, um, what can I remember his last name again? Uh, lascano Rowdy in nineteen seventy four. So Sal Frelick getting it done for the Milwaukee Brewers, dude. How about and you've been calling out this guy for a while. Like, well, we he thought the Brewers would sit on him for. A he while. was
1: the number two prospect in the Brewers' farm system, obviously only behind Jackson Cheerio, who's a top five prospect in baseball. But yeah, Sal Frelick. You looked at their minor league report. Sal Freelick was number two. You had below him, going into this season, below him you had like your Bryce Terangs, Garrett Mitchells, Joey Weemers, like the guys that we've all seen now here this year and then I guess Garrett Mitchell at the end of last year. But that that was like the company that he was with on the prospect list, though. When you look at what he had done, he had outperformed Joey Weimer at every every level. He had outperformed Garrett Mitchell at every level. Like Sal Freelich flew through the minor leagues and multiple reasons why you didn't see him earlier this year. One and I know I. this is what we talked about when they first made the call. When they called Joey Weimer up because of Luis Arias's hamstring after the first game against the Cubs opening day, the reason why they went with Joey Weimer over Sal Freelick had nothing to do with Joey Weimer being better than Sal Freelick. The reason was they didn't want to start Sal Freelick's service time, and that kind of goes back to the Chris Bryant's Ryan Braun's of the world, where in the service time, if you can hold off some of these top prospects into may, yeah. then you get that extra year of arbitration. So then they could have these guys in theory for longer and for cheaper. So that's the only reason why you didn't see Sal Frelick earlier. It's because they, they preferred him and uh-huh. liked him more than Joey Weimer. And that's why they wanted to save him for that extra year arbitration. But back to Sal Frelick. I mean, this is a guy that last year he played like a month and a half in AAA, and he hit like 340. Yep. And he's hit everywhere. And then he started this uh, spring training out hitting the baseball for the Brewers. He then went and played in the World Baseball Classic for Team Italy and played really, really well. Sal Freelich is is a hitting machine. But I think another thing that fans saw over the weekend in the, the couple games that he played in is, how about some of his defensive plays? He made plays, Huge, he can- played multiple plays at the wall. He goes three for three in his debut. But I think the other thing that if you're looking at, at Sal Freelick, he profiled as a top of the batting order type hitter, like a one or a two hitter. He's batting cleanup yeah. uh, the other day. But, he profiles as a top one or two hitter because if you watched him play the last couple days, he can hit the ball to every field. He's not a guy that necessarily is going to go hit you 25, 30 home runs. He's not a big power bat, but he's going to hit for a high average. You see that he's fast. He can get on base and steal bases, and he plays pretty good outfield. He he plays plus outfield. Yeah. Like
0: He's a baller, dude.
1: Now the only thing is, is how is this going to shake out? Because I actually like what um, Craig Council has done with uh, Joey Weimer as of late. I think he needed some time. I I, I personally, I think the best thing for Joey Weimer would be playing in triple A this year. Now, that being said, the Brewers don't have a ton of options when, (laughs) you know, like an arias goes down and plays terrible or Mike Brasso, who's been a, uh, you know, utility man for a while gets DFA and, and, brought back to triple a cause he just hasn't been good. Or you look around the outfield, Tyrone Taylor was injured. Hasn't been good. Like there's so many guys that they would thought that they would be relying on to be at least utility rotational players that haven't been good this year. Mm-hmm. So now with injury and the fact that people aren't playing well, you're forced into bringing a guy like Joey Weimer up day two of the MLB season. Joey Weimer spent about a month and a half in triple a, that was the only triple A baseball he'd ever played. Like ideal situation for him was triple A. The ideal situation for Sal Freelich is probably playing since May, but you forget that Freelich hurt his thumb. (laughs) Remember Yeah. he hurt his thumb and he had to sit out six to eight weeks. And that was right around the same time that Keston Hira hurt his knee. And those, these were the two guys that we had talked about in the past that could be in house replacements that could bring a spark. That being Sal Freelich, who we had never seen before, unproven kid, and Keston Hero.
0: And guess who brought a spark on Saturday? Sal Sal Freelich
1: came up, played well. And that's the other thing that I love. I love that when they finally gave him the call they gave him the ability to come in and start right away. Because if you're going to grab a guy like that, that plays every day in Nashville, you know, hits for average, he's used to a routine, you you have to get him in the lineup right away and keep playing. The biggest pet peeve for me ever is when they'll go grab a guy from the minor leagues, especially if it's a higher prospect, like a Sal Freelich, and then they sit him on the bench for the first two out of three days. It's like, you can't do that. You got to get him him in the lineup right away. That's why you brought him up to play, right? And how could you imagine... You look at some of these young guys now, if Frelick is going to be a plus outfielder defensively, and he's going to bring speed and he's going to hit for average, look at how that fits in with Garrett Mitchell, which Garrett Mitchell, now we saw what, about a month and a half of him last year and about three weeks this year before the shoulder injury. Yeah, Sounds like he might be ready to rehab and get back uh, to it in September. Love it. But you look at him, he plays above average defense defensively. Uh, he's a guy that can also get on base and hit for average with some speed. You add him and Freelick into the outfield together. Obviously, if Yelich can continue to play here, you better watch. Out. again, Weimer needs another year in the minor leagues before he's officially seasoned. But what we have seen from him is a big arm, is speed, and he can play plus defense. Yeah. And you look at Bryce Terang; again, a solid arm. Definitely a plus defender. It's just some of those guys weren't necessarily a hundred percent ready. But because of trades and injuries and lack of production from others, some of these young guys have been forced into doing it. <laughs> but they need something because I don't know if you saw the I don't know if you saw this stat, but it was talking about the right field position for the Brewers. You knew this year that you thought catching would be better, which it has been, yep. because you were replacing it with William Contreras. Right field was a big question mark. You were you had to replace Hunter Renfro, and he arguably was your best offensive player last year, most productive. Mm-hmm. You were replacing Colton Wong, who almost every year until last year and this year has been a plus-plus defender at second base and an above-average hitter for a second baseman. Yeah. <laughs> well, you had to replace him with something, and you went with Terang. He had, like we said... Hasn't been able to swing the bat well, but he's done everything else well. You look at uh, right field and how bad it was. Tyrone Taylor, Brasso, you know, any other point, play- Weimer, the rotation of players. The Milwaukee Brewers right field position was on pace to have the worst OPS in a major league season for the for a position since nineteen forty one in right field when it comes to OPS. That's the not good worst at all. outfield group since nineteen forty one. Not for the Brewers, for a major league baseball team. That's not good at all, Rowdy. Exactly. So you gotta hope that uh, Sal Freelick can continue to hit and infuse some life into that right field spot because it's not only that, since but those nineteen forty one. Those were the two huge question marks you had coming in were right right field and second base. But you look around the diamond, William Contreras. He's starting a ball, right? Yep. He's hitting the baseball since about the week or two before the, the Wild all-star Bill. break. But that was a guy that I think he just needed to get his body used to catching every day because he was more of a DH sure. when he was playing for the, for the Braves. He didn't catch every day. He hadn't caught every day since he was down in like Double A, which has been a second. It's been a few years. I think his body just had to get used to it, and now he's performing. First base? Still looking for it. Still, hey, Rowdy's Brody getting Brody the stitches Dez? out.
0: Rowdy's getting stitches out tomorrow. He's certain to swing on Wednesday.
1: Still haven't. Has been an awful first base season. Again, we talked about second base. Shortstop Willie Adamas has been awful. Yeah. Third base, you had Brian Anderson, who was okay. Owen Miller off the bench as a you know, rotational player has been pretty solid for what he's asked to do, but then yeah, the outfield, it's like you're searching for something in center because of the Garrett Mitchell injury. And you're searching for something in right field just overall. Yep. But thank goodness that Yelich has been as good as he has. Cause could you imagine if Yelich was playing like 20, 21, 22 Yelich, with this outfield, Oof. that might be the with Mitchell hurt, no production in right field, and Yelly playing like a 2021 22 version. That might be one of the worst outfields ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not since 1941, just ever. I right, uh, good on Sal Freelick, though, man. Uh, really making his uh, presence known Saturday and still did good on Sunday as well. Uh, Sal, Fre- he's four for six. Yeah, he's balling. Sal Freelick. Uh, let's see here. His father, brother, sister, and a few friends made it to the game. Uh, most of them had to fly into Chicago, then drove to Wisconsin. And Sal Frelick, after he learned he'd been promoted from Triple A Nashville on Friday, he caught a Saturday morning flight to Chicago, then drove you know the eighty some miles to Milwaukee to arrive in time for the game, just to absolutely go ham on them and be the reason why the Brewers won Saturday against the Braves. The Brewers could have won that series. It's just you know. The bullpen blew up yesterday, the first time in twenty nine innings, and Freddie Peralta, right, was a
1: little heavy handed on. Why don't know, well, I know we we talked about this? Was it last week where I mentioned the Milwaukee Brewers were eighth in quality starts despite having to use Colin Ray, despite Brandon Woodruff, you know, being on the aisle for over two months, and and Corbin Burns didn't get off to a good start. That bullpen, though, after that tw- almost 29 innings scoreless, yeah. I actually went and looked up their uh, statistics. They're actually eighth when it comes to ERA, and they were seventh when it came to whip, which which means uh, you can't ask for much more with that collection that no. they had coming into that year. And Even for the starters, you can't ask for much more. And by the way, since we were talking about the farm and guys that could come up and help, Brandon Woodruff did... Uh, did throw yesterday in in his first rehab assignment, and he hit 97 and looked pretty sharp. Now, since he's been off for so long, he's probably going to need at least three to, you would imagine to build back up, he'll need at least three to five starts down on the farm, but he had his first one, and he looked pretty sharp.
0: On this USA Today projected poll, uh, the NFC North not looking the greatest. They got the Lions winning it uh, at 11-6. and And then how about this, boys? The Bears, the Packers, and the Vikings all coming Uh, in at at 7 and 10. 7 and 10.
1: Can I have a hot take about the NFC? Yes. So we talk about how the NFC is so wide open compared to the AFC. Mm -hmm. But I know that a lot of the win totals in the NFC North aren't great. Like you're talking about the the Lions going 11 and 7. Or sorry, going 11 and 6, and everyone else is like 7 and 10. And if you look at the odds for teams to win the division, it's kind of like the lions are favored and then everyone else is kind of jumbled up behind them. Yeah. Depending on what book you look at, you can find the, the Vikings having the worst odds, or you could find the bears or the, the Packers. It just depends. That's just how close it is. Hot take though. Hot take rowdy. If the bears, lions, Packers and Vikings were all jumbled up across the East, North, South and West. yeah, I don't, I think they would be decent. Like, I think they'll be Okay. The reason why their their records might not be that good is because they're all going to be playing each other twice a year. So it's like, all right, everyone's going to go one and one against everybody. Because I'm looking at the East, and I feel like upside-wise, the Bears and the Packers have more upside than the Giants and the Commanders.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Like, oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the Cowboys and the Eagles, I already said, are clearly better than everyone in the North. Uh, the South... I think the Bears and the Packers clearly have a higher upside than every single team in the South. Falcons, Panthers, Saints, Bucks. Yeah. Like maybe you could talk me into the Panthers have some upside, but in a year or two, but to actually compete and do that. And then the NFC West. You can't tell me that the Bears and Packers don't have more upside than the Cardinals and the Rams. No, the Rams and Cardinals are
0: going to be absolutely terrible. Packers have a lot of upside.
1: Now they, they might and be, the Bears too. I want that. No, they do.
0: Now they might be not the greatest of record, but it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Like you could see flashes of the future
1: of what's to come. If the Bears and Packers go seven and ten or eight and nine, I think that's a success. They're still, in my opinion, going to be better than the Giants, the Commanders. Everyone in the South, potentially, maybe one rises to the top.
0: Well, there's always the a team Cardinals, that surprises you. The
1: Cardinals, the Rams. And, and again,
0: there's always a team that surprises you, and there's always a team that disappoints you in both AFC and NFC. Like, that happens every year in the NFL. The question is, who is it going to be?
1: Like, I think that if the Bears and Packers were in the NFC South, just just add them to that division, either one of them could could win the South. Like, that's how bad I think the South is. Yeah, the, the South going to be is. terrible.
0: Um. For the pack, everyone in the division seven and ten, besides the lines at eleven and six, according USA Today and their little algorithm AI bullcrap. Uh, here's the Packers blurb. Coming off an eight nine season with departed legend Aaron Rodgers, all eyes are on quarterback Jordan Love, who has uh, who has one unremarkable start in four NFL seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was against the Chiefs. He'll face the unavoidable pressure of extending a three decade heritage of quarterbacking excellence behind Rodgers and his predecessor Brett Favre. Both had strong maiden seasons as the starter, though neither took uh, the Packers to the playoffs. It remains to be seen how much leeway Love gets at a time when young passers don't tend to get a lot of slack. It would help if Green Bay proves it much better running and defensive team than it displayed in 2022. Might not help that Love & Company will only play at Lambeau Field three times prior to November. So that was a little blurb on the Packers. Okay, the NFC though, Rowdy, if you're you're in the mix like that and the whole NFC is going to be bad, you could be getting a wild card. Like, you could you could sneak your way in, couldn't
1: you? Oh, if you if you were telling me that the Packers or Bears were in any of the AFC divisions, maybe outside of the South, you're doomed. I'm going to say, yeah, they're not going to have a very good season. Yeah,
0: but if you're in the NFC, you have Hope Springs Eternal. Like, who's really good in the NFC? Austin, you're, who's really good in the NFC?
1: The Eagles. That's about it.
0: Yeah. And and it's I would a wide open the, field.
2: I, I would personally put the 49ers a second, like, right behind them. I don't think they need an excellent quarterback just because of how that so, roster goes. Purdy's going to be
0: hurt for a while still with that elbow injury. Uh, I did I did hear a lot of
1: whispers. You heard some rumblings? They're saying Trey Lance looks good.
0: Now, I did see we'll him see. play. I, say, I saw him play a week one against the Bears. Now, it was a monsoon, but he was atrocious.
1: They were saying he's taken a lot of strides, supposedly. Again, ha- we haven't seen it.
0: No, nope. not at all. But we do get training camp uh, getting underway so maybe you'll see him hitting like a basket 70 yards down the field and people will lose their minds crazy. over it. Yeah, yep. people will go nuts over it. Hitting a basket. I don't know who's got the biggest p- Vikings obviously got the Vikings or Lions got the biggest potential for a drop off.
2: The Vikings, Vikings or Lions? Yeah. The Vikings, Vikings. they were higher last year, yeah. yeah.
1: I just I-, I just think their roster is aging. Like look at it. They they, they cut Devin Cook. Now Madison has been a quality backup for the last couple of years, but can he be the guy you look at the fact that you lost Adam Thielen, who is your number two receiver behind Justin Jefferson. Now they did trade for TJ Hawkinson in season last year. So you get a full year of that. But then you look at that defense. Remember when Mike Zimmer was head coach and I know this is two years ago now, but three, four, five, six years ago, like those defenses for the Vikings were actually good. Like yeah, when they had bar and Kendricks and, and some of those guys, like they were actually good. Neither mm-hmm. of those players play for the Vikings anymore. No, like a lot of those good defenses that Mike Zimmer had, those guys are old and, or not even on the team anymore. <laughs> like, and even the last couple of years of Zimmer's reign and tenure in, in Minnesota, the defense was terrible Yeah, and it's still not great. And O'Connell is a offensive minded head coach. So I still don't see their defense being good. And I think that they lost a couple of key pieces like Thielen and Dalvin Cook that might not only be, you know, decent players on the field, but maybe some of the leaders on the team outside of your Justin Jefferson's and Kirk Cousins where. Adam Thielen is still a useful receiver, even though he's not Adam Thielen from three years ago. Yeah, Dalvin Cook still would have been a pretty good running back. In my opinion, they just didn't want to pay him so much money because he is a running back. Yeah, and no one wants to pay running back. We've been talking about that position. So I do think they take a step backwards offensively, and I think they're just as bad defensively. Yeah, no one. So, yes, I think the Vikings would be the team out of the three the three others in the division to have the most um, regression.
0: USA Today has uh, projections out. They have the Jets and the Eagles in the Super Bowl with the Eagles besting Aaron Rodgers and the Jets in said Super Bowl. Uh, The Jets would beat the Bengals in the AFC Championship and the Eagles would beat the Lions in the NFC Championship for that. First of all, the elephant in the room. Boys, do we think the Lions are making an NFC Championship game?
1: No. Rowdy? I'm gonna say no, but I guess in a wide open NFC, if you if that did happen, it wouldn't super surprise me. Just because the NFC is a little down, yeah, and and it like we talked about it earlier this morning. The NFL, when you look at the NFC side, you have the Eagles, and then you have a lot of teams that have warts. Some just have less than others. Yeah, like do you really think that? the Cowboys could be the second best team, especially if the 49ers can't so find a quarterback.
0: CBS like, Sports today, like a tier ratings and uh, the Super Bowl contenders out of the NFC, if I remember correctly, was the Eagles and the Cowboys. I remember us making fun of that a little bit, and you're like, I think I could possibly see that. Like, can Dak, what did Dak say? He's not going to throw 10 interceptions? But it's that's like the a thing, Dak,
1: like that. Dak doesn't have to be great for the Cowboys to still be one of the better teams. When you look at their rosters, they have a pretty decent roster. They have a pretty established head coach, big Mike McCarthy, big Mike. But you look at all the other teams and it's like, okay, well, San Francisco has been really, really good for a while now under Shanahan. It's just, they need to find a quarterback and they need to stay healthy. And they really haven't been able to, to, and they really don't have a quarterback this year. And then you look around the league and, and it's like, well, yeah, that, that would have been your two favorite ones. And one of them doesn't have a quarterback, And then it's the Lions, who actually have a really talented, skilled team on paper, but they're the Lions, and Dan Campbell's unproven, and for the most part, the the team itself is unproven. But yeah, you look around, and it's...
0: I mean, the Lions haven't even won the NFC North, ever. They haven't. They've never won the NFC North. They won the NFC Central, back when the Buccaneers... The Buccaneers last won the division,
1: and they haven't been in forever. Like, you're talking about analytic models saying that the Seahawks would be good maybe better than the 49ers. And you're like, "Eh, I don't know about that, but like, that's how open, that's how wide open it is. Yeah. Um, I would say it is the Eagles way up here than the boys. Then you have a drop off and it's the Cowboys and the Niners. It's the, the, the drop off is because if the Niners could find a quarterback, they might be able to get to the Eagle level. Yeah. But the drop-off is because I don't believe in Dak, but I think their roster is decent. I think everything they have is decent, but can Dak be really good?
0: Hey, he's not going to throw 10 interceptions this year, Rody. You said so. He could throw 11, though.
1: But then there's a drop-off between the Cowboys and the 49ers, and that would be like your Lions and some of these other teams that maybe have some up. I Actually, I take that back. I'll throw the Lions just based on their end of last season and the, the roster that they currently have. I'll throw them into the category right under the Eagles. I will say Eagles, drop off, Cowboys, Lions, 49ers, drop off. No, is that a Super Bowl tier? No. Okay. Super Bowl tiers Eagles. I think right now the only one Just that I would Eagles? say that I I feel great about a super, like saying I would wager on a Super Bowl and not at odds but just in general would be the Eagles. Hmm. And that would be back to back after the Super Bowl hangover yeah, Super Bowl which hangover is, knows real. is a curse. Yeah. I'll but, tell you. But I don't know. Like look, pick a team that do you think there's any other team deserving of being on a second tier with the Cowboys, the Lions and the the 49ers just yeah. all based on perceived roster and coaching and I mean, draft picks.
0: Throw Throughout the whole NFC South cuz who knows what the hell's going on there. Um, but
1: someone has to come out of that division for the playoffs. Well,
0: this, this, How's Derek Carr as the Saints quarterback? You know, what did the Falcons do? Uh, second year of Desmond Ritter. Uh, Panthers. I actually, I
1: actually kind of like the Panthers to you win You like that Bryce division. Young? Yeah, Bryce Young. But they made some moves. I know they traded away some of their better players like Christian McCaffrey in the last couple of years. Uh, they traded away DJ Moore. But that team, Frank Reich, it's a guy that had some success in Indy. He's not the front office. He's a guy that uh, has been a good O.C., and now he gets some young talent because they had a lot of draft picks and they freed up a lot of money. I think for my money, I might take Carolina to win that division. I know Tampa's going to be choosing. Is, is
0: Tampa going to be the worst in that division? I mean, it, Baker Mayfield, come
2: on.
1: Baker Mayfield hasn't looked good since he hurt his shoulder. And remember when he was, uh, people were laughing when he basically blew the game against the Packers oh, yeah. was that on Christmas Day? Oh, it's yeah, a was Christmas just, miracle. i was sitting right where yeah, you are. Yeah, right here. For the for the Bill Michaels post game. Yeah. Uh but yeah, he was playing with torn rotator cuffs in his shoulder. And he just came off COVID. He had, and he had bad knee, Remember yeah. he had two sprained ankles, ankles and a torn rotator And cuff? he just came off COVID. He hasn't been the same since. And Kyle Trask isn't good. No. Well, there was that clip coming up from um um uh, you know,
0: voluntary camp where both him and Trask were like totally missing rece- like wide-open receivers. It was hilarious.
1: And Falcons, they're going to be able to run the football well, but are they going to be able to do anything else? Can Ritter actually play quarterback? I don't know. Yeah. He didn't look great in the few games he got to play last year, but their defense isn't going to be good. Yeah, the Saints have Carr. The Saints have some established people. Well, there's I a lot would, of question marks in the South. I would probably say that if I had to guess, it would be Saints or Panthers first. Then the other one, second, then the Falcons, and, and then, the then the Bucks. Bucks but I don't anticipate any of those teams would be great. Yeah, uh, we'll talk more about the divisions. First. It could be Ooh. like a, it could be like a seven and seven and ten, eight and nine team winning the South if if it really comes out to be that bad.
0: Yeah. And then I mean, the West. You were talking about the Niners, obviously, and the Seahawks are a team that you saw projections coming out. Here is Geno Smith going to be? What was his big thing last year? They wrote me off, but I didn't write The back. Seahawks I mean, roster the comeback
1: player of the year. It's actually gotten a lot better the last couple of years from where it was. I mean, the Rams are going to be
0: awful. The Cardinals are probably going to be the worst team in, in the NFL. The but Rams are going to stay. The
1: Seahawks are still young. And in general, you're still banking on Geno Smith being as good as Geno Smith was last year. Yeah. Which I don't think you can hold your breath on that. No,
0: I don't think so either. But the
1: Rams are like an old, decrepit, highly paid team that got their Super Bowl, and now we're just going to hang out until we all uh, retire.
0: Yeah, they went five and, what they go last year, five and 12? Like, Cardinals stink. They're bad. They're yeah. terrible. Cardinals are bad, Austin. They're really bad. They're, and I'm talking to Michael Jackson bad. So He's that's why
1: high. I feel like some people. But they could have the first and second pick next year. So, so I think it are going to be playing for that. Some people are kind of high on the Packers saying, and, and the bears for that matter saying that, you know, you look at these teams, the Packers still have decent players on defense, decent, big name players on offense. It's what can Jordan love do? How good can Jordan love be? If he can be average, they, they might be in a playoff mix. Same thing with Justin Fields and the bears. It's like, well, they upgraded their offensive line. They upgraded a little bit on defense. They've added skill players like DJ Moore. If, Justin Fields Uh can be decent. This might be able to be a a playoff team. Hey, speaking of the
0: Lions, uh uh-oh. CJ Gardner uh, went down with a right leg injury today, was carted off the field, visibly upset, and team captain Bugs and Goff made it a point to go comfort him, hoping for the best. Uh, This comes from a...
1: Lions reporter. Yeah, that wouldn't be great. That's not good news. That's yeah. not
0: good news. That's um, a big,
1: bigger secondary piece.
0: Yeah, so there's a blow. There's another guy going down. All right, let's go to the... We'll do Packers after the break. Oh, line one, good morning. Who's this? I'm going to laugh my ass off, but that's better laugh. Thank you, kid. You're a dynamite drop-in, brother. All right, yeah, so uh, that's true. That was four minutes ago from Detroit Lions senior writer and insider
1: Tim Twentyman. Is that... See, I'm that's a, that's a name. I feel like Tim I'm going to become 20, a tears guy here. But I have I the call them Kenny. Yeah, I'm not going to go to that extreme. But you have the Eagles one, I would have the Cowboys, Lions, 49ers in tier 2. And then my tier 3 would be, you know, more playoff contenders. I would probably have the Bears based off of what uh, Justin Fields can do, the Packers based on what Jordan Love could do. Since all those teams in the North are all somewhat pretty even and it's, and it's lined division wise in Vegas pretty even between the three, it's not like there's one super huge favorite like there is, you know, in other divisions. Mm-hmm. I would almost say the third tier would be the Bears, base it off of Justin Fields question mark. The Packers, base it off of a Jordan Love question mark. The Seahawks, base it off of the uh, Geno Smith question mark. That Honestly, might be my third tier <laughs> just because I don't anticipate might be my third tier. Daniel Jones being as good. And if Saquon Barkley, if he holds is out. holding out and this team, you know, maybe reg- regresses a little bit because they did have a really good first year, may they get a little bit of a harder schedule. They've gone to the play- uh, playoffs. Expectations are higher. I think Giants kind of fall back. I have no issue in saying the commanders will stink. Um, <laughs> hey, they may have a name change coming up next year too okay. we already talked about the south and then you look at the west i have no issue saying the cardinals will stink and i don't think the rams will be very good i mean we're running out of teams that really just jump out to you yeah can i put it in this category once one eagles two cowboys uh 49ers and lions three would be the teams that were questioning the quarterback the Packers, the Bears, the Seahawks. And then can I say my fourth tier is just going to be NFC South. And my fifth tier <laughs> totally. is just going to be all the crappy teams yeah. that are left over. I
0: love how NFC South just takes up one tier on its own. Yeah. I love that. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. That, that's tier I love four. It. That's just you're all not good. And then tier five would be like the worst teams, like your commanders and your cardinals. Yeah, That's they, how we do it.
0: More of it coming up for the Lions. <laughs> below. D- CJ Gardner-Johnson d- did go down, and it's not looking good for the dude. Uh, also, the Vikings. Uh, what is this? Everson Griffin was arrested for DUI. Was booked and released Saturday afternoon. Uh oh.
3: <laughs>